Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Welcome to our journey. Hey, y'all, it's Michael. And this is David. We got two guests on with us today that's, uh, they've been here before. So uh, the last time Tom didn't give Andrea enough time to speak, so he <laughs> that, promised that he was going to let her talk this that, time. So that, that was the rumor that was going around. No, it wasn't a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he lives up to his. So uh, we got, nobody's got notes here. Um, we're just going to go by what the Holy Spirit puts on heart to say. Um, we had a different kind of church message today i've actually gotten two i went to patterson baptist first thing this morning and listened to a message and it was a good message got here and and listened to what keith had recorded and you know i got something out of that too so uh david what you got for today well today like you said it it was interesting sermon um in that it was from the west coast keith recorded it this morning Three, about three o'clock our time, I reckon. Um, but uh, Ezra, today is what? What's the date? It's July. Today's the twenty third. Twenty third. I thought you said we weren't gonna say dates. Well, you always got on to me. I, I know because we don't want to keep it like like you gotta <laughs> listen to this date and this date and this date. But I want people when they hear it, um, kind of know where we are in the season. I, I guess gotcha. you know. Um, and it's been, in, you know, this summer's been a busy summer. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been traveling pretty good bit. It's uh, it's kind of when I got to church this morning. Um, you and Dixie were were in Patterson, and uh, normally y'all were the pretty much the first ones here. So this morning it was me and Lizanne. Lizanne was trying to get her daddy's computer together, and um, I came in just to see if anybody showed up early somebody else had beat me here yeah Mm -hmm. and you know (laughs) we want our doors to be open to anybody at any time and and you say that but we are a small congregation and and when somebody does show up it it, they kind of they kind of stand out a little bit um but uh they got here early and they came in and and what they said hit me pretty hard um they said, we've never been here before, but we just want to know, if, are we welcome? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why would you feel like you need to ask that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, but that's something. That- but it's something that we have been discussing on right. some of our podcasts. Um, I said, of course, of course, y'all are welcome. Anytime. I told them my name is David and introduced them to Lizanne. Um and I asked them if they were hungry, and so me and Liz Am cooked them some breakfast, um, and it was really good. I I, yeah. I think they, I enjoyed it. I I'd never met them before. They lived pretty close to us, mm-hmm. um, and when she left after the service, um, when our visitor left, she said she had enjoyed it. And she was bringing her husband back next. Yeah, I hope. That's I mean, what she well, said. When I came. And she was speaking with, and I thought they were friends. And so then we started talking. And the Holy Spirit just moved through that. There was some sharing of clothes. She said, I don't have any church clothes. I said, what you have, you can wear what you're comfortable <laughs> with. But the clothes ended up going, and the shoes ended up going home awesome. with her. They were her size. And then she mentioned, you know, about being welly and stuff. And usually I'm not the one just to speak out. And I told her that. I said, well, I'm not the most social person. I said, I'm more behind the scenes. Said, I'm more like Martha than Mary. (laughs) But um, we had a really good conversation. She had a journal. She was writing down our names (laughs) so she could remember them. And then after church, I said, well, it was a little different this morning. I said, actually, I was surprised (laughs) at the way we got the message. And she said, no, it was good. And the things that she, she said, those things that we discussed earlier, welcome, family, and there was another thing I can't she said it was all addressed, and she said it was really good, and she did her hand to her heart like it really ministered to her. So I just praised God, and I was so excited yeah. about how the way the Lord moved through. And, so and, right. and it taught me. You know, I got, I don't know how much she got out of it, but I got a lot out of her mm-hmm. coming. And, yes. And this is one thing 
I want to say is because this is going to sound strange. I don't care. I would love for her and her family to become members and attend regular here. But it's not about that no. to me. If this is not the place that she feels comfortable, I pray that she does find a place right. where right. she can go and worship. And, you know, because it's all God's church, that as, and I truly feel that. If, if, if we're the place for great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're not, I, I hope she pr- finds it. And, yes. and finds it soon because she is looking. And, right. But it was it was a different service this mm-hmm. morning, um, but it was a, a good one. Well, I, I don't know if um, if this is the right church for her yet. We I don't even know her, so I can't say that. But what makes a to me what makes the biggest impact on someone coming back is people taking up time with them after the service and just showing them that they care about them and that they're glad they're here. And to, I think that's that may not be the biggest reason why somebody should want to come back to a church again, but it usually does have the biggest impact, and that usually does make people want to come back again. And mm-hmm. I saw everybody, just about everybody in the church, talking to her after the service and before, like Andrew mentioned. So, so the impact was made on her, and I'm sure that she'll be back because of that. But that is a secret because if you go to a church and you just – Maybe the church is too big and you don't get noticed and the service ends and you walk out and nobody says anything to you. You know, a lot of times people aren't going to come back because they're just mm-hmm. going to think nobody cares. Yeah. But, yeah. but from what I saw today, everybody here showed they cared. And if we do that for every new person who shows up, there's going to be a lot of people coming back again. Right. <clears throat> what I've been seeing for the past few years is there's not enough pews in here for the people that's going to be right um and that's just something that's been showing me we've got to be prepared Mm -hmm. and that's what i've been trying you know working on myself and and trying to share administration things that have to be worked on because there are going to be more there's going to be a lot more and we got we really got to be prepared for that so Mm -hmm. anyway okay so we we covered the visitor yeah (laughs) i can give us a farm a farm update because farm. it is July, the end of July. And I, I say um, July was always special to me on the farm growing up because that's when we were getting towards the end of the garden. Of course, we had tobacco. In July, we would, we would be picking tobacco. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people would be visiting um, the farm. But we had the best get-togethers in July because, yeah. because we had – Homemade ice cream and boiled peanut. Always mm-hmm. oh, watermelon. <laughs> but, you know, okra, that, that, this is the time of the year peas and okra are, are king. Right. And yeah, yeah you, you lost me at okra, but I was good with everything else. We'll pray I'm, for you, Tom. You need to, because <laughs> for me to eat okra, it's going to take a miracle. I, I didn't like it for some reason. Coming up, I, I wasn't a big fan of okra, mm. but the older I get, the more I love it. And yes. slimier, the better. It don't mm. matter. Yes, right. I like it any, yeah. Yeah. any, any kind way. of way, so I prefer him. <laughs> yeah. You eat his portion. I do. I sure do. I, I must not have been born in Blackshear. <laughs> no, you weren't raised like we were. But I did want to share that uh, if you didn't get a letter in the mail, um, the Bowen family reunion has been scheduled. And it's going to be for Sunday, September the 17th at 1 p.m. at the Hoboken Community Center. Uh, that's The address is 235 Chicago Avenue in Hoboken, Georgia, for those that need the, the address. But uh, please, plan to come and visit. We may set this thing over there and just let everybody <laughs> say hey on it. Now, that would scare Aunt Linda away, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> she would think it's an ambush and decide not to show up. <laughs> no, but, you know, I've I've had that thought just to set it up so somebody could say their name into the mic. So you, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, Buddy always does a good job of putting things together. To, but we need to help him out and show up, bring a covered dish. It's always good food, you know. You remember how big it The NFC loaded did you ever get to come to this was in the 80s not to the gym i remember going okay and and there were a few at the women of the world that were pretty good size it was packed 
nothing like what it used to be at the NFC gym in Blackshear. It, the whole I mean, floor would be used covered. To have wow. bands come in and I play. Know. Tom, you'd have loved it. And think about a, a gymnasium with two rows of tables from one side all the way down the court. Food. Two yeah, tables. You would have loved that. And are you talking about heaven or? Because <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> and that was our grandpa's cousins. Mm-hmm. That, that was the Bowen reunion was going strong. Then it was a Grandpa Jack and his his cousins mm-hmm. at that time. So now most of those those have passed away, and and now <laughs> we go to find out who we're kin to. Yeah, because you know it's many generations removed from. It was the Mark Bowen sons that started it, I think, or children of Mark Bowen, which was our my great grandpa, Daddy. Yeah. So, Andrea, what you got on your heart for? The scripture is wrong. Who have been called according to, and the reason that scripture is important is because you know in life things happen, and you don't understand why, and you can. Get all down and out and play the part of the victim. And why, God, did you allow this? You know, what? what's going to happen if this takes place? Or what's going to happen if that takes place? Or when are you going to do this? I mean, we can go through all of that. And I've been there and I've gone through a lot of that, you know, with just things in life. But um, just recently with Mama Fallen, and I call it the fall, since the fall, God has shown me that, you know, I knew this was going to happen when time began. I mean, I knew it. I allowed it to happen. Um, He didn't cause it, but he allows things to happen. And he allowed Mama to fall and for us to go through all of that on vacation in another state. And just being a part of that, all five of us kids there to help Mama. Um, We had a nurse. We had sports trainers. We had paramedic in our family. We had first responder. I mean, we had all of these people there to help. And just seeing, like at the hospital, how God had aligned things in the order that they need to have. Um, Like, there were different doctors that came in that were hot, and um, they were not the surgeon, not the physical therapist. They weren't any of that. They were just the hospitalist, the doctor that was there to see the patients that were there. And they would come in, and the day that I went um, was the day I figured she would be discharged, the day after her surgery. And the hospitalist came in, and, you know, he was asking questions, and they were trying to get information to decide whether she needed to be discharged that day or the next day. And so he told us, he said, this is what you need to do. Since we're across state lines, we have a license here to practice in Alabama. You're primary care doctor has a license to practice in Georgia. He said, my recommendation would be for y'all to contact the primary care doctor in Georgia and let them know what happened. Get an appointment set up. Tell them you need a referral for a bone doctor. You need a referral for physical therapy, at-home physical therapy. And go ahead and set that in play. And um, so that's what we did. Marsha got on the phone. As soon as he left out, she called Mama's primary care physician in Waycross and told them what we needed and all that was set up. Within the next doctor that came in was the surgeon that did Mama's hip replacement. And he said, um, do y'all have a And we told him what we had done. And Keith was there at that. And Marsha had already left. We kind of shifted in. Keith and I are the ones here. To mm-hmm. see that the plan gets enacted, to see that Mama goes appointments taken care of, and so he comes in at that point with Keith and I there in the room and says, "Physician, we went through the whole thing with him." He said, "Well, since y'all have a plan in place and it's already enacted, I'm going to recommend to the chief hospital she gets discharged. We're going to try to get you out of here so you can go home and enjoy the rest of your." And that's how it happened, and it was. A smooth thing. We couldn't have made it happen that way. We couldn't have worked it out. All we did was pray, and we did what we could do. But I'm seeing more and more, and it's not just with that incident, but with other things, and it's built my faith to know I don't have to know the outcome. I don't have to know each step what's going to happen. 
Um, all I have to do is put my faith and trust in the Lord, and he's going to line things mm. out and work things. He's going to turn those bad situations for good because right. we love him and we're called according to his purposes. And so um, with our kids, different things we're believing for, I'm not the victim anymore. And I thank God I don't feel like the victim. You know, why me? Woe, woe is me. Um, we're going to experience um, bad things in life. We're going to have trials and tests and tribulations, but with the testing comes a better test. Right. And um, I know that the things I'm believing God for, that it's going to be greater. The, the latter is going to be greater than the former. Um, and just praying yesterday with some of our kids, Lord, I know that they love you. I know they've loved you. And I know that when they're delivered and set free, that their testimony, the latter, is going to be better or greater than the former. And I trust God for that. And I'm just going to share this little bit, and then I'll let Tom share. Today is the 23rd. 23 is my number. I was born on the 23rd of the month. My youngest sister was born on the 23rd. My aunt was born on the 23rd of the next day. It's the 23rd of July. I was married on the 23rd. So 23 is my number, and I've researched some of the meanings of numbers. That means raised from death to resurrection, 23 stands. And, you know, you may think, oh, she's crazy. No, <laughs> I'm not crazy. But I see time like 423. That's my birthday. I'll see that on the clock a lot. I'll see 923, that's my anniversary. I see the 20, 23 minutes after the hour a lot when I look up at the time. And every time I see that, I just think from death to resurrection. And so it's a constant reminder of what he's created me. And I just thank him that it's getting better and better um, through these trials and tribulations that I'm understanding more and able to do. Right. I give him the praise and the Well, answer me this. Yeah. Or the uh, the the hip the fall. Yes. What if that fall were was to have happened? What if she was injured at her house and we, couldn't get up? Right. We most likely would not have been there. There's no telling how long she would have been. Um, she's fallen before. Um, but never broken a hip. But never broken any. Mm -hmm. And you know you can think about that and we have talked about that me and my siblings and all the family God knew <laughs> God knew that's what I'm saying to the smallest detail yeah he's got it worked out how many people had to travel to visit her <laughs> in the hospital well all of the family that was there <laughs> there were 30 something of us that's there. what I'm getting at right there he made sure everybody place. was together. And it wasn't a burden, and not that it, I mean, I'm not saying that lightly, like, you know. Uh -huh. It wasn't a burden because there were so many to share the load, you know. And some of us, um, while we were at the hospital, the rest of them were still doing vacation. Mm -hmm. um, well, and then we would in swap and out. out. Yeah. And then we would leave and go and do vacation, and then some would come to the hospital and um, another thing, too, um, Christy had got some magnets, from Shutterfly family pictures magnet, and she had brought them on vacation, and the pictures with us that she had made for us. And so those magnets, those pictures went to the hardware, put all around the daily update board right. that they use. At the, so the different ones would come in. They would ask, you know, what she was doing there how she, you know, broke her hip, just making sure she was cognizant and aware, you know, and things were going in the right direction. And they asked about the pictures, but about our family. But God uses things like that, too, to minister yeah. to people. She wouldn't have had those people to minister to if she had ministered. God knew who she needed to minister to, who we needed to minister to in that hospital. And I'm telling you, it was a small hospital, People are flooding into that place. They can't build schools fast enough. Can't By the time they get the school built, it's too little for all the people moving in. Um, the hospital, there was very little parking because it had turned into a construction zone. They're um, adding on to it. But the staff there, 
they acted like they loved their job. They were just so glad to be there to serve. Um, they were so pleasant and just helpful and it was just it was just a really neat thing. I mean, you know, we didn't know anybody there in that area, but it was it was a real peaceful and it, I'm glad we had the experience because there's been a lot of things that God has shown us through and I'm not the only one right. through all of that that happened and there, you know, some in our family who don't walk closely with the Lord or who don't know the Lord, some that came and they've adopted our family. Um, you know, they were the ones that provided her with that super duper um, walker that she's got. Um, it was just truly amazing. And I, I can't, I mean, I can't explain it any other than God. It there's, was God. And there's no such thing as coincidences. There's <laughs> not. There really is yeah. not, no. The timing, all him. So, Tom, you got anything you want to say over here? Just a little bit. No. Y'all better put your seatbelts on and <laughs> buckle up tight because we're about ready to roll. Well, are we going to talk about football again? <laughs> We're not going to talk about football. <laughs> uh, we can talk about Georgia Bulldogs another time, but that's not what I came to talk about today. I got you. <clears throat> no, I, I, first of all, I'm sure Andrew's mom is listening, so I want to give a shout-out to her. Hey, Mom. So – Wanted to get that in there. And also, I had one comment about something she said uh, before I get on to my stuff. She talked about people flooding into that area. You know those are California and New York people coming our way. And everybody knows why, but that's another story for another day. So anyway, I came today to talk about the Hughes family. Uh, I guess maybe probably more Papa Hughes than anybody. Uh, I didn't really get it all out of my system the last time. So, And then my wife will be mentioned prominently. She will have a prominent role in this discussion. And then her siblings will also get a mini shout-out, too. Well, can I share something about the attire that you have? Uh, yes. Tom is sporting his Hughes family T-shirt that we got while we were on vacation. The Hughes house. Yes, the Hughes house. <laughs> and I asked him when Chrissy sent out the text if, you know, whoever wanted to order one. We're doing a new one, an updated one, which is have to be updated quite regularly. But I asked him if he wanted, no, I don't need one. And that's typical Tom. No, I don't need one. And so it was after our last podcast and when I found out from the last podcast, it was his best friend. It's one of those shirts. <laughs> so I ordered him a shirt, and um, he's proudly was his well, shirt. Well, I really did want one, but <laughs> a lot of my clothes are from the 1980s. I know. And for some, it wouldn't have matched. And, and for, no. for, some reason, for some reason, I think I'm good. I mean, if you ever ask me if I need clothes, no, I, I'm good. No. I, I'm fine. I got <laughs> Yeah. You know, but some of my jeans have holes in them. I'm good. I'm, I'm all right. It, it, they're not falling off yet, and it, you still you can't see anything you're not supposed to yet, so I'm good. But No, I, I like this shirt. I wore it for this purpose because we were going to be talking about the Hughes family today, so that's why I wore the shirt. Okay, are y'all ready? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so I guess I will title this, or at least part of it, What Would Papa Do? And now I'm not trying to deify Papa Hughes. He was a person just like anybody else. He had flaws like everybody else does. You know, the, the phrase, what would Jesus do? But, you know, Papa was as close of a representative to Jesus as I ever knew anybody to be. And that's why I talked about him so much the last time, and that's why I'm still kind of stuck on this subject because, because I, you know, I guess, I, I guess you could say ever since I became a Christian and then I met him, what, th I, 26, about three years later, something right. about three, two or three years later I met him. Ever since that time, I guess I've sort of lived in a fantasy world. And that's not good to do, really, because w when you, when you uh, change your life around in your mind and you, and you do things like, like for what I'm talking about is I started putting myself in situations where if Papa Hughes had been my father, how, how would this have gone in my life? How would that have gone? And then I started doing it with other Christian men, too, because I didn't exactly have 
Well, I, I talked about this the last time. I'm not going to get into it very much. I didn't have a Christian father growing up and didn't have really have much of one period. But I put myself in that situation many times. What if he would have been my father? And then I started meeting more Christian men, uh, probably because of him. And I put myself in a situation, what if, uh, what if uh, uh, Tom Burton was my dad? And I had Phil and Mark as my brothers. Of course, I probably would have gotten beat up a lot, but <laughs> that would have been okay because, you know, what if, uh, what if Gary's dad would have been my dad? And just, you know, just, just different men like that and, and other Christian men that I met, how different could my life have been? How, how different could I have turned out? How different of a person could I have been? And so I, I really want to start out when I was 10 years old. And so we, we moved a lot. I mentioned that the last time. And we left a good place where we lived up North Georgia because of something that my dad did. And <clears throat> that place was a paradise. I loved it. I mean, we loved living there. And he, he messed up and we had to leave. So we moved there, we, we moved again. So when I was 10, I was in the fifth grade and my dad became the principal of a, a private school. And so we had a teacher, her name was Miss Hayes. And maybe I mentioned this the last time, I, I don't remember, but I'm sure everybody forgot about this anyway, if I did mention it. So I'll, I'll mention her again. Her name was Miss Hayes and she was a Christian lady and she would tell us about the Bible during class time. And you couldn't get away with that probably anywhere these days. But back then you could, plus it was a private school. So she, she'd tell us Bible stories during class. And, you know, in between subjects, she, of course, she taught, she taught us what she was supposed to teach us, but she always squeezed some Bible time in there. So I went home and I started reading my Bible. In fact... I read my Bible all the way through in one year when I was 10 years old. Then I did it again when I was 12 years old. And it was all because of Miss Hayes. So, but actually, you know, I, I started doing like a, a, a covert operation. I was hiding my Bible when I was, when I read it, because I didn't know what the response was going to be from the family members. And so I would hide the Bible underneath the, seat in the car that we went to school in and it became so important to me to read the bible i don't know why it became that important me just a little kid but it did and it became so important that i had to make sure i read that bible every single day and so we had two recesses at school during the day so the reason i would put the bible underneath the seat of the car is so one recess i'd go out and sit in the car and read the bible and i mean i just i just had to and so uh miss hayes had just made that much of an impact on my life that i just had to do it so i mean here i am 10 years old reading the bible but but um nobody had nobody to say good job you know you're just we're proud of you no there was nobody to say that and I don't know if they knew that I was doing it. I mean, they, they had to have seen it. You know, sometimes the Bible slipped out from underneath the back seat and it was in the floor. And I said, uh-oh, I better, better hide it back under the seat because I didn't want somebody to find it and say something. So I did that. And, you know, during that time, oh, also I remember one, one time uh, I was sitting in the car reading the Bible and one of the boys came over, one of, the, one of my friends came over and saw me that, look, he's reading the Bible. He started laughing at me, and it didn't stop me at all. When I believed in something, you know, you couldn't make fun of me to make me stop doing it. I mean, you can make fun of me, but I wasn't going to stop doing it, and I didn't stop. And so, you know, I guess a few other kids laughed, and I said, well, they can just laugh because I got to do what I got to do. And so, but I can just imagine during that time period when I was doing that, because, I mean, I had a schedule every day, and, you know, my schedule, uh, we got home late from school because my dad, we had to ride home with him, and he had to stay late because he was the principal. So we got home probably an hour or so later than everybody else did, 
So I had my schedule all worked out. I, I had to get home and watch Daniel Boone on one of the three TV channels we had back in 1970. And then I'd go outside and play with my dog and do my homework and get a bath and all that. So that's why sometimes I had to read the Bible during school time so I could get my Bible done. But I can imagine during that time period, me being a little 10-year-old kid doing that, I can just imagine the, the, the devil, you know, seeing that and saying, now I see you reading that Bible there, little boy. You better, you better have you a support group. You better have somebody to encourage you, to back you up, to guide you, because I see you doing it. You wait till you become a teenager and, and see if I don't throw everything at you if you don't have somebody to guide you in the right direction. Well, I didn't have anybody. So <clears throat> I can imagine his plans. And, and I have to tell you, he, he, uh, he didn't back down because when I turned 13, he threw the biggest temptation at, at me that, that you, you'd ever want. You, you would never want your 13-year-old boy to be tempted like I was that that time and it, it just I mean it just it blew me away that 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 happened but somehow some way maybe it was from reading the Bible somehow some way I made the right choice and you know really without any training I just made the right choice but that but the Bible that I had it was a King James Bible and I, and I don't know if they even had children's Bibles back then. And, you know, after reading the Bible all the way through, I, I may have understood half of it because that's the only Bible I had. And that Bible was not bought for me by my parents. I earned it. When I was, when I was nine years old, we had something at school, and you had, you had to sell a certain amount. If you sold so much, you get this or that. And I sold enough, and the Bible was one of the choices, so I chose the Bible. And so I earned that thing when I was nine. I even wrote inside of it. I wrote in cursive writing. I don't know if, <laughs> if that's even a thing anymore, but I, I, can, I still have the Bible. I can open it up and look inside the Bible and see, see me write my name and my school and the date. It was May of 69 when I earned that Bible. So I'm just thinking... One of these days, one of my children might be interested in having that, and so I, so maybe I'll go before you do, so you have to decide who gets it. That might that might not be an easy choice. I don't think y'all right get now. to choose that. No. Yeah. God's in control of that. Yeah. So so maybe maybe someday, but during during that time, when I've gone back in my mind during that time, I've said to myself, what if Poppy Hughes had been my father, and I'm a little 10-year-old boy interested in the things of God, what could he have done with a child like that? I mean, I, I guess maybe his children probably read the Bible, too, because I know they instilled that in them, and I'm sure they did, too. But, I mean, but look at it. His son is a pastor. So I'm just wondering how, how, how much different I would have grown up, and I'm just wondering— that you know the the ministry mentality you're ministering right now mm -hmm. through a story because of the choices or the the life that you lived so right. we don't have to wonder mm -mm. what would have been because what you're saying and what you're doing right now is a testimony to help others learn and come through and and yeah. be able to worship and there's also right. the flip side of that you know there's been tremendous men of god that's raised sons that didn't follow god's you know that's right. not just you know just because my daddy did it that that doesn't necessarily correlate into that well i do have something to say about that too when you know when you have children and you want them to follow god when they get older the the way not to do it is to sporadically take them to church or Sunday school and off and on and then never talk about Jesus around the house. Mm -hmm. uh, to li live a totally secular life around the house all the rest of the week and, and to, to never talk to your children about, well, how was your day? What happened with you today? And 
either you ask or they tell you, they come home and tell you, this happened today to me, that happened to somebody else. And then you sit, and then you sit down with them and you talk about, let's see what the word of God has to say about this particular situation that just happened in your life. To, to never do that, that's not the way to get your children to be followers of God when they get older. And it doesn't matter what your position is in life. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't really matter what you are. You have to do that with your children. You can't just expect them to pick it up somehow no. by sporadically doing no. this and that. If you're not living God in your household every day of the week, then I don't think it matters what your position is. I mean, that some may get it and some may not, and some may understand the importance of following God and, and some may not, but that's what we, we did not have that and just, but I guess if, if you don't have it to give, then you can't expect somebody to be able to give you what, right. what they don't have. And, and so, but, but, but I, I'm, I'm sorry, well, let me, one more thing before okay. I forget. I was, gonna, I was gonna talk about Isaiah 55, nine, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts my ways are higher than your ways and to try to question god and say why did you let this happen why did you let me be born into this this family instead of family like my wife's family why did you allow that but you have to just you have to go back to scriptures like that when you tend to do that and i think i think we all have questions as we go through life but i think really what separates that from from well i mean if you get mad at god every time something doesn't go your way that kind of shows a sign of spiritual immaturity and you know getting mad at god is different than questioning and i'm not mad at god i mean i i think i know better by now after my spiritual walk after all these years you don't get mad at god because he knows what he's doing you may not see it at the time but he knows what he's doing but i still have never been able to get past that question even knowing what i know i still have not been able to put that out of my mind what would have happened if papa hughes or somebody just like him had been my father and i can't put it out of my mind what a wasted opportunity i just can't i cannot get past that and and i've never i've never been able to and i i know what the bible says but i've, I've always thought about what a wasted opportunity I've always thought about I could have turned out to where when you first meet somebody, trying to minister to that person is just your second nature. It's just you were raised that way. You were brought up that way. You have whatever your ministry is, you're going strong in that ministry for God. You're, you're being productive. You're living a Christian life, and you're serving God to the fullest. And I've just always wondered how different things could have been. And... I don't guess there's a sin in wondering, but I have. I've always wondered how different things could have been if he could have been my father. And go ahead and say what you're going to say. Well, this is this is what I'm thinking. Um, you or any a person, you know, can wonder, but you can't let your past handicap you, disable you, so then you're not any good in the present or the future. Because you can stay there in that mode of thinking, and then you end up not doing now. But I will say this, too. Um, our, our family wasn't perfect. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect. Um, we had a good mom and a good daddy, and we were an intact family unit, and we had each other. Yeah, we did move around a lot, but we always had each other. But my daddy's up was not a good upbringing. He was raised without, and um, I remember all of that coming out when I was in L. And I was just like, um, and so from the time Daddy was four until he was eighteen, his Daddy was not in the home. He wasn't there, so he was raised by his. And um, but Daddy, and it had to be God that did this in him. Daddy was determined that he was not of his family would be that way and that he was going to have more than one child. And um, God, but God used 
that, Daddy's upbringing. He used all of that so that Daddy could understand people that didn't and that were not raised in a traditional, you know, two-parent family. And several of, I mean, you know, some of my other um, brother-in-laws and stuff, they were raised without a daddy. And so, I mean, just the fact that Tom and I met and how we met and all of that, I mean, it was, it was God's hand. God put Tom in our family and daddy was able to become that father figure for Tom and to help Tom to share with him, you know, you can be what God's created you to be. You can minister to people. You do have value just because you weren't raised by a daddy. You've always had God, and it's evident God was there um, encouraging him to read the Bible and do things on his own, go to church, take himself to church, ride his bicycle to church, and go all by himself. God was there, mm -hmm. and that goes back to that, Romans 8, 28. God will turn all things together for the good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. He doesn't say when he's going to turn those things around, but he's going to turn those things around. And then with our three children, Tom has always been there. Yep. They had a daddy in the home. I'd say it turned. It turned around. So going from here forward, it can be different than it's been because God, your heavenly father is there. And you do have value, and you have something to offer to people. I can't relate to mm -hmm. that. So I can't minister to the audience that God's got you to minister to. I can minister to a different audience, which I do every day at school, you know. But God's got a purpose in that, and he's going to use it in your life to build the kingdom. And, and I was involved in street ministry a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time, I mean feel like that God has some ministry opportunity for me for people who were not raised in Christian homes like me because those people I know how to relate to those people in a way that someone who's always always been raised in a Christian home like you you wouldn't have any I, I mean I have a friend right now he's a Christian but he's you know he, he drinks he drops the f-bombs and he does all that and I'm going to see him next week. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm going to see him next week, and, and every time I see him, Jesus gets brought up. You know, I, I make a point to bring it up. And I do think he's a Christian, but, you know, some people's version of Christianity is not the same as others, and that's okay. The main thing is, is what is Jesus in their life? That's all that really matters. And I will be talking to him next week. I, I actually have a real long story that I was going to share with him about something anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting together, and, and, and he's, he's a good friend from the past. And, but, yeah, what you said about being handicapped from my past, yeah, I have been. I, you can probably tell. You don't really need to, need to guess. You can probably tell. I've been handicapped a lot, and a lot of, a lot of thought processes, just a lot of everything, you know, you when you're growing up, the parents you have, you're heavily influenced by them and the lifestyle that you're being raised in. And, and there's, there's some things you, you might battle till the day you die, not, not necessarily have to. I mean, you know, God can deliver you from anything, but you need to, you need to press in sometimes and you need to get in that prayer closet. And I was just telling my son about this a few weeks ago. I said, you know how Jacob wrestled with God and said, I won't let you go till you mm -hmm. bless me. I said, in the same way, you need to, if whatever's going on in your life that shouldn't be, whatever it is, you need to get in that prayer closet every day. I don't care if it's a minute or an hour or whatever, mm -hmm. what it, however long it takes. You need to do it every day and press in and say, I, I won't let go right. until you bless me and deliver me and whatever it is that, that he needs. So... But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it, it's it, it had a, it handicapped me quite a bit, but God's not done yet. No, correct. No, and and to to talk about the the hard life that I had growing up, you know, look where I am now though. Right. So 
I want to talk about you sometimes. So you, you better not cry. <laughs> Can't make any promises tell, that you won't hear me crying. Tell, tell but her. I, but as, excuse me. Go ahead. Just one thing. You know, you were talking about going to see your buddy. You can plant seeds. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can water those seeds and they'll grow. But it, it, all, it just reminded me to Luke 23 where the thief and on the cross right beside Jesus. You know, he believed in Jesus. He believed that Jesus was being done wrong. And he had a permanent home mm-hmm. in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going to the kingdom with Jesus right, right then, that same day. So as long as your friend knows Jesus and accepts him, right. he can ask for forgiveness of his mm-hmm. sins. But just by knowing him, you can go to heaven. Yeah. So he, he asked me one time when I was over there. Uh, it's been quite a while because it had been a long time since I'd seen him. Then I saw him again. He said, uh, uh, hey, do you drink? I said, no, I don't do that. When you go to witness to somebody, you better be prepared. Yes. Because, you know, the devil might try to draw you, draw you into their side and you went for a different purpose. And so you just, you need to stand your ground and... But he still wants to be friends, so mm-hmm. that didn't do anything to the friendship when I said, no, I don't. All right, girl, I need to talk about you. You know, I just think back to the days when I was working long hours and working nights and weekends, hauling gasoline all over the place, and, and I'd be gone a lot. And, and, you know, I was like sort of like a part-time dad. I, just, I was there a few days during the week, and, and that was it. And so, I mean, I was there, but just... I still slept there, but when I would go off to work, I'd be thinking, you know, my children, they're, they're in the best hands of anybody they could ever be in. I said, I don't have to worry about what's going on with my children when I'm gone because of their mother. I said, I know they're getting what God would have for them to receive with her as their mother, and I, I always appreciated that and I know I told you before I didn't tell you enough times and if you don't tell somebody something for like say years they tend to forget that you ever told them and so you should tell them on a regular basis if it's something that you really appreciate about them but I knew they couldn't be in better hands than yours when I was gone and that was one major thing I never had to worry about because what if I would have been a single parent? I mean, I was getting home in the middle of the night, you know. Well, who, who would want to keep my children and me show up at their house at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning to wake them up? Oh, I'm here to get my children. I just I can't imagine how difficult of a life it would have been for me if I would have been a single parent with that type of a job. It, it would have been very difficult, and you took a lot of potential problems off the table because of who you were and how you were taking care of them. And, you know, they're all three serving God, and it has a lot to do with you being there for them. If, if you would have been a, like a secular mom with all this uh, elf-on-the-shelf stuff and all this all the, glorifying all this stuff that, that they, they do with little children and there was no mention of God in the household, that could have been entirely different, right? I mean, they, they might have... They would have a knowledge of God, but the devil has knowledge of God too. It's not going to do him any good. So it just it made a big difference for you just being who you were. And you and all your siblings, it's obvious all of you were raised by the same parents. Because, uh, I mean, all of you are just fine people. I mean, besides being Christians, you're all just really good people. And, I mean, any of you would have been a great spouse. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but, but I'm saying any, any of you, all of you were great spouses. All of you were just, just wonderful, fine people. And it's because of the parents that y'all had. And it's obvious that y'all were all raised the same way. Now, I will say this about you. Your, your personality is probably the least like all the rest of them, you're probably more different 
you told me when you were growing up you got most of the spankings so I did. it's obvious it's obvious that you were different from the rest of them yeah. more different than the rest of them and i will say you had your own personality that you brought into our marriage and at first you didn't you didn't have much of a voice, but you mm -hmm. found it after a while. Mm -hmm. And when you did, I, I said, I better start making some adjustments in my attitude a little bit because she's found her voice now and things are going to get pretty contentious if, if I don't. So I, I had to. That came. It did. It really I, did come. Yeah, because I had to speak up for our chin, whereas up there if I wouldn't. But Well, it, it did. And we, we made adjustments and we didn't always agree on everything when it came to the children, but we more in line with each other as we went along and you know the first one was a challenge and i'm not going to lie the first one was yeah. and we had a lot of disagreements about the first one but by the second third one we we were starting to get it together and now the grandchild is different it's, so it's nice. way different oh, with the grandchild it. yeah so it, either we've got it all figured out now or it's just because yeah. he's our grandchild i think it's he's our grandchild you we can don't have send it all figured out that's right yeah. <laughs> We can send him home. Yeah. <laughs> Love him, enjoy him, and but you, send him back. But you know the day is going to come when, and it might already be coming, when he's not going to want to go home. Yeah. He's going to want to stay. Not, not because we're going to run to the store and buy him a big sack no. of candy like my grandparents did for us all no. the time, but he's just he's going to want to stay. Because, you know, in some ways, maybe, maybe in a lot of ways, we have more figured out than his parents do because they're younger. We might be able to handle some situations a little bit better sometimes, although he has excellent parents. I mean, I, I'm, I can't be more pleased with how they are raising our grandchild for everything that they And I know this is a patient, some they have rough days and take it out on their child. Everything I've seen, they become. God is good. So um, from the last episode that we did with you guys, y'all had some more big news. What do you refer? Y'all had an engagement. Well, uh, oh, yes, we did. We, did. we have. See, we we uh, we've got so much going. We are adding a the only one that's not made. Next, mm -hmm. June, and the location. Yeah. And so I'm excited about how God's bringing our. Family. So do we need to get some hay bales? Yeah, we do. Probably do. We've got to go up there and look at the farm. <laughs> we're we're in the planning phase this week. Yeah, we're we'll have that. a lot of weddings next year. That will be the last, mm -hmm. but the last one for us. That's <laughs> good Lord willing. That well, Lord willing. Well, yeah. true. I mean, yeah, you, we don't have to. you never know how life's going to turn out. That will be the last. Yeah. Pray. That That's will be right. the last yes. of it. Yeah. But you know, I'm not always the sharpest tool in the shed, and sometimes it takes me. I mean, many years for something to finally hit me to realize something. Something I realized about Loriana that. I never thought about it. In fact, I've had all kinds of revelations that have just been hitting me, hitting me recently. That I said, why didn't, I, why didn't you think of that back in your 20s and 30s? Why did you not? Why are you just now thinking about that? But I mentioned that we, we lived up in North Georgia, and it was a paradise for we. We moved because because of my dad we had to, but it was the day after me and my brother turned 10 years old. We we left there. And I left some good friends behind there, really good kids. This one kid in particular, it was a girl, and we became real good friends. And I mean, I really wanted to cry when I left her because she was just a good friend. And I've never, I've never really, I mean, it, her personality, everything, it was just, it was just, um, she was a perfect friend. And I never thought about it until recently. You know, I, I lost, I lost, that good friend, Loriana, is a lot like her. I never even thought about it before. I say, you know, God, you know, mm -hmm. the devil stole from you, stole good friends from you, but God restored in a way you never could have imagined your own daughter, mm -hmm. be, you know, be, being uh, the life of the party. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and everywhere she goes, she creates a party. That's how that girl was. And Loriana turned out just yes. like just just almost like her mm -hmm. just like her i never thought about it so god has unique ways of restoring mm -hmm. what the devil steals from you you know maybe that's something else i never quite got over leaving that place but hey i wouldn't have the family i have no. so i can't turn back and and mm -hmm. wish for we had stayed there because i wouldn't have had y'all michael what's up with you it's retiring <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. The uh, it's falling off your drumstick. Don't give away all my hints now. My secret. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's patenting. Yeah, I'm working so, on a patent on that. <clears throat> what else is happening in the family? Laura Lee had her yeah. baby, yeah. Mary Bowen Hughes, little girl. She's, they're both doing good. Anything else in the family you can think of? There's always something hey, going on. There's always somebody being born. Well, I mean, we're running around that hour mark, and, I mean, I'll just say, cause I don't know if it's still about the cows, but... <laughs> we'll go tell that story. Not today. No. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, might have to get Jeff back down. A story yeah. for probably a not. <laughs> Y'all want to hear a good one? Let better them not. two talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, get the bleep button ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sharing. Tom, thank you for sharing, and we are with but, him. But before we do quit, before okay. we stop. Okay. Right, getting right. fired up. Nope, nope. Andrea, I'm, I want you to do your best on two things. I want you to say glory, glory, glory as fast as you can. Okay. And when we get through with that one, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay? I do home a lot, and okay. I hear grandma right. when I Michael do. knows why. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And she do mm-hmm. her hands on mm-hmm. this. There you go. She go. Yeah, you got to do your hands, too. I am. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's I, know, I remember how she spoke in her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> your dad was preaching one and all that. Mm-hmm. Grandma and grandma. He was talking about being puffed up. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. in, is that in Corinthians or <laughs> Thessalonians? One of, the, one of those books. I just never forget that. You know, I mean, they're both celebrating together in heaven right now yes. and, and that was when they were both here on this earth and That's, he was preaching a sermon and your grandma was probably doing some of that mm-hmm. when he was right and they were you know they were getting kind of close to the end <coughs> there that they were yeah. he, he had grandpa had a chair that mm-hmm. wasn't on the special chair and all and it was getting harder for them but they were there that and papa was preaching and grandma's head was excited. just a nod and <laughs> said that's that's grandma and grandpa right? and, and they were all into the doesn't seem that long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it might have been what? It might have been twenty years ago. Now, <laughs> how long have they have Grandma and Grandpa? Was it like twenty? Christian was a junior in high. Twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty. Yeah. But it's funny that you said that because when I say Jesus, I don't say it one time. I don't say it two <laughs> times. It's always three times. And even at school, when I'm saying something, and I'm, it's three times in fast six and in probably. Yeah, we were uh, Houston. You sound so much like Grandma. It, it brought tears to mine and Michael's eyes. It, you really, did. and really. that blesses me because Grandma, you know, she was such a special person, and I didn't share a lot, but I loved Grandma, and didn't get to spend as much time with her as I would have loved to. But that's an honor to me now, and. Mm. People like when we were on vacation. You sound like your mama, or you look just like your mama. I would have never guessed I would have heard that either. I mean, that was just not. So, but now, um, that's an honor, mm-hmm. and I I take that very seriously, and I just pray that I can live, you know, my life for the Lord like they have with such grace and dignity. When I first met your grandma Bowen. It was like she'd just been my grandma my life. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. she acted just like that. And she was very inclusive. She loved everybody. Truly did. Gonna wrap it up, Michael. Y'all ready to wrap it up? Uh, well, uh, well no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Tom's got two more hours. We're gonna get him to pull out his phone and record it at the house. But <laughs> I'll just send, send it in to you. Send yeah. It in, yeah. Yeah, that that was just the first story. No, I'm, I'm messing with y'all. I'm done for now. For now. Yeah, for now. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together today nice. to to let these words flow through these microphones and go out to the listeners out there. We ask that you allow this to touch someone, yes. to encourage them to to turn to you, do what it is that they need in their life to help them believe that Jesus died for their, we thank you for Amen. Amen.